Good morning, everybody. I'm glad you could come back out and, and be with us this morning. I'm, I'm liking this, everybody being here. Not so much spread out. I'm used to where you guys are sitting. I, I know who's here and who's not. So now I can't keep, can't keep roll this way. Um, we're going to be over in, uh, in John chapter 15 this morning uh, for a little bit. And we're, gonna, we're actually going to be fruit inspectors for a little while this morning. Um, I was studying earlier this week on, and I was going to have Conley sing it, but the Lord just wouldn't let me do it. What a friend we have in Jesus. Love that song. Love that song. But that's what I, I was listening to that song earlier last week, and Lord laid on just that, that scripture on my heart out of John 15 about a friend, about Jesus being our friend. But the more I got to studying on it this week, um, he laid some fruit on my heart this week. And, and, and uh, Paisley, wherever Paisley, I don't know where Paisley is now. She's in the floor. Um, me and her was watching something the other day, and they was talking about garbage fruit. It was cantaloupe. And, <laughs> and I said, I know where we're going to go with this. We're going we're to talk about garbage fruit, and we're going to talk about stinky fruit and good fruit and bad fruit and all kinds of fruit that's out there. And if you think about the fruit, Jesus tells us that we are to bear fruit. So if Jesus tells us that we are to bear fruit, that's a command. I mean, really, if you th- nobody really thinks about it that way. What we're going to read here in a few minutes is in red, which means it came from Jesus' mouth, which means it is a command. So when he says you are to bear fruit, he's saying you are to bear some fruit. But not just bear fruit. He's saying we are to uh, bear more fruit. He's saying you need to bear much fruit. And then he says you need to bear fruit that's going to last forever. And, and that has to deal with our testimony, and that has to, to deal with our legacy. So when we're talking about this fruit, um, there's a lot more to it than just being a good person and, and planting a few seeds here and there. So we're going to really break this down. Now, Jesus does something here um, that I like, and he, he, he and, and even um, the disciples and those that wrote uh, the books of the Bible they used analogies. They used things that they could relate with people. And, and that's the way that they learned. Uh, and that's the way I learned. It's, it's a lot easier for me to learn something when I can uh, relate it over to something that I know. So Jesus right here, he uses um, uh, a fruit as an analogy. He uses, the, he's talking about the grape. In Israel, and it's happening now again, for a long time there was this, this drought, this dry period in Israel where the land wasn't fertile. Now it is. Uh, Israel is, is, a, is a booming farming country right now, and they're able to uh, produce the, the grapes, the wine, the olives, um, uh, the, let's see, what else was there? Dates. Um, there's just a lot of things, a lot of fruits coming out of Israel right now. So Jesus, in Jesus' time here, when he's, when he's teaching this and, and talking about the vine and the branch, he uses the grape, and, and these people are familiar with farming, so they, they could relate to this. And Matthew, Jesus tells them and tells us too, he says, you shall know them by their fruits. You ever thought about that? Have you ever been called a fruit inspector? As a Christian, that's, that's kind of what we are now. We're not judges, but we are to be fruit inspectors. We are to look at the, the fruit that people are producing in their lives. We've got to be that, that fruit inspector. He says, ye shall know them by their fruits. Well, here's the thing. Good fruit comes from good trees. Bad fruit comes from bad trees, and we can narrow it down to that. Good fruit, good trees, bad fruit, bad trees. What kind of fruit are you producing? What kind of fruit is this church producing? What kind of fruit are each individual person in this church producing? Good fruit or bad fruit? What kind? I mean, it's a, it's a good question. 
Now, he keeps going here. Jesus also said that sometimes we run into problems when we're picking our fruit, and it's a little thing called thorns. You guys ever ever been in uh, picking a vegetable or picking a fruit, and you get a hold of a thorn or a thistle? Now, you ever got a hold of a thorn or a thistle when you reach down to grab something up? And I bet you didn't say anything out of the way, did you? Nope. (laughs) But I bet you scratched and picked on that for a week trying to get it out. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus said, you're going to get a hold of some thorns. Now, I'm sure all of us want to be productive, fruit-bearing Christians. We all want to. That's, that's, our, that's what we are called to do, is to produce that fruit and to, to be able to go out and, and tell people about Jesus and win them over to Jesus and just, uh, and just be good, fruit-bearing citizens of this earth. That's, that's what we want to do, but... I'm sure that all of us had a few thorns along the way. I don't think any, any of us have been able to, to go through this life and not grab a hold of a thorn or a thistle every now and then. It's going to happen. That's, what, that's, that's of the devil. I'll tell you that. That, that. that thistle, that thorn that's out there is of the devil, and he's going to plant those out there for us to get a hold of every now and then. But today I want to share with you this command from Jesus about bearing fruit. He's using this grapevine and this sweet, multi-purpose fruit. Because a grape was a multi-purpose fruit back then. It still is today. Uh, my favorite part of a grape is the raisin. I love raisins. But he's saying, we're, he, he's telling us here to, to look at this multi-purpose fruit and be good Christians. Be good fruit-bearing Christians. Just take this grape for just a minute and let me try to explain to you how you can be a better person, and how you can produce more fruit. And he, he's, he's telling us here, and, he, and we're going to look at it here in just a second. He's saying, we're going to be fruitfulness. We're going to look at fruitfulness. He said, I want you to be full of, full of juices. That, that's, a, that's a good grape. A good grape's full of juice. When you bite into that thing, and it just squishes around, and it's just full of juices. But also, and I think with Carolyn or you one. Which one of y'all make the grape juice? Both of you. And Tabitha. That's good stuff. When you get into that, and he's saying you need to be sweet. When we speak, we need to speak and have a speech of sweetness. Uh, and you go into James, and James talks about having a mouth of the gutter. You know, he's saying you can't, uh, you can't have, you can't put forth bitter water and sweet water. So your mouth. Us as Christians, we can't be bitter people. We can't be blurting out bitter stuff. We've got to have a speech of sweetness, just like this grape does. We've got to be sweet people. Hard to do sometimes. Hard to be sweet. I heard a guy say this the other day. He said, some people look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. When they come, <laughs> we come up, we're supposed to be sweet people, not bitter people. That's not us. That's not what Christians are supposed to be. Um, but we're going to look at those four things. If you've got your Bible open to John 15, that will be in verse 1. If you want to stand with me, stretch your legs. John 15, verse 1. Very familiar verse there, everybody, I know. The vine and the branches. Verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he uh, purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except uh, ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, and he, uh, in me he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and the men, I'm sorry, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, and ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye, com- if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Verse 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Last verse here says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. There it is, a command right there. He says that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we have come back to your house, Lord, we've come here to worship you. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us today through your word. Lord, we thank you for what has been written down here by John, Lord, and I pray that we can take this, uh, your instructions, your commandment, Lord, that you have given each one of us, Lord, to be better fruit-bearing Christians. Lord, I pray that we could produce much, much fruit for the rest of our lives, Lord, and we just give you the praise for wherever you give us that opportunity to, to show that fruit. God, we pray for those that are shut in this morning, Lord, we pray for uh, Louise, Lord, as she's uh, recovering back at home, Lord, I pray that you continue to just to, to heal her body, Lord, and touch her, Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with Ken as well, uh, Lord, just to give him encouragement to, to, to be by our side. God, I pray that you would continue to be with Vance as he recoups and continues on his medicine, uh, Lord, I pray that you would just have a, just a, a great movement there in that family and in his life, Lord, and uh, get him back on his feet, Lord, and get him healthy. God, you've been good to us this week. We appreciate, Lord, all your many blessings and, and everywhere we turn where we've seen new grace and new mercy. And, Lord, we just thank you for that. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. So y'all was probably wondering why there's an apple up here, and we'll get to that apple a little bit later. There's a good story behind this apple. Right, Abby? Yes. She said yes. Number one, we're going to look at bearing fruit. we got to bear fruit. This is not really an option for us you're going to bear fruit some type of fruit so we got to look at what kind of fruit that you're going to bear which is pretty much two pieces of fruit good fruit bad fruit what are you bearing what kind of fruit can people see in you is it is it good fruit or does it look like bitter fruit i don't want that you know we there's uh there's fruits and things in this world right now that you can look at and you can say i ain't ain't gonna eat that i don't like that that's bitter i don't want to put that in my mouth, I was telling the, the girls a few weeks ago about when I was in Haiti. The first time I went to Haiti, and I, I figured out what a, uh, what was that? The little, uh, it's not the banana, it was the, 
What's the little thing that looks like a banana that we're talking about? Plantain. That was it. Plantain. So when I was in Haiti, <coughs> this little feller, a little Haitian come around. We was on night shift, and he's, uh, he was selling bananas to all of us. I think I probably told you all this before. And then uh, we realized after he took our money that he didn't sell us bananas. He sold us plantains. And you don't eat plantains out of the bundle. You fry a plantain. And uh, we, got, we got took that, that day. You don't want to, it's just like grabbing a hold of a glass of tea. If it ain't sweet, it ought not be in a glass. It needs to be in, in a trash somewhere. But you get a hold of something that you, you want, and you got your heart set on it. It's like a Coke or a Diet Coke. Don't give me Diet Coke. Give me Coke. I, that's what I want. And you take that sip of it, and it's bitter. And you don't want it no more, and you want to spit it out. Well, that's the same way with us. If we're not producing good fruit for people to see, they're going to spit it out. They're not going to want it. Oh, he's just an old bitter Christian. I don't want to be like that. He's just an old hateful cuss. I don't want to be like him. People don't want that. They want to see the goodness in us. They want to see God in us. And when they see that goodness in us, they're going to want it. Every time, every, The first time you've ever tried a fruit or a vegetable that's really good, you're going to say, I want that again. Fix that again. That's what, we, that's what people are going to want. They're going to see that goodness of God in us and say, I want that. I want to get a hold of that. I want a, I want a piece of that. I want, I want that God in me. But we're, we're not to bear bitter fruit. Nowhere does Jesus tell us in, in, in anything in the Bible that we are to bear bitter fruit. He says to bear good fruit, much fruit, lots of fruit, but make sure that it's the good stuff. And we're not to bear vegetables. You ever thought about a vegetable? What do you have to do with vegetables? Cook them. How many vegetables are there out there that you can just, well, besides, I used to take, we, <laughs> I used to take a little salt and pepper shaker with me when we, had, we raised taters, and I always find them little tiny taters, and I'd sit there and eat them things raw. To us. But that's about the only thing I can think of besides a carrot. That you, you, you know, typically you cook a vegetable. There's work involved in vegetables. With a fruit, there's not. When it's ripe, you eat it. Boom, that's it. That's the way I like to do it. Just when it's ripe, you eat it. Vegetables are not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about fruit, fruit that's ready. Fruit, whenever the time is right, you, you, you take it, you reap it, and you do something with it at that point. You don't let it sit around. You don't have to cook it down or anything like that. You just take it and do with it what it's been designed to do. What type of fruit are we to bear? All right, so here's, that's the question. What type of fruit are we to bear? Number one, we know it's good fruit. But it better be that good old fruit of the Spirit, okay? There's a lot of people out there in this world, this, those people that are, uh, were baptized in pickle juice, they're, I think they're, they're producing that, that fruit of loom and not the fruit of the Spirit, all right? They're old, bitter, just old, nasty-looking people a lot of times. So he wants us to be uh, producing the, the fruit of the Spirit. And, and Paul wrote this over in Galatians 5. He says, uh, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And then he goes back into Ephesians, and he writes it again. He says, goodness, righteousness, and truth. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. That's the good stuff that we're supposed to be producing. That's the stuff that when we go out to roses and we're walking down the aisle the right way, all right, don't be going down the wrong aisle or wrong way down the aisles. You get in trouble. You are to go down that aisle, and people are supposed to see that love and that meekness, and that long-suffering, and that goodness, and that righteousness, and that truth. That's what people are supposed to see on you. 
not thistles and thorns. Nobody wants to see a thistle and a thorn. Oh, I hate it. Man, when I was growing up, my, uh, my Easter vacation from school, guess what I was doing? I was either pulling wire or chopping thistles. That's what I did for a week. I hate thistles with a purple passion. I will say hate. I don't just dislike them. I hate a thistle. But Dad said, here's your hoe. There's the field. Get started. And I chopped thistles for a week. You know what? We didn't do it for our field. It's like rose bushes. We didn't cut the rose bushes and the thistles for our pasture. Why did we do it? So it wouldn't blow over on somebody else's pasture and, and, and load them down with that stuff. Now, they wasn't that nice to us. They didn't take care of theirs like we did their, ours. But nobody wants to see a thistle. Nobody wants to see thorns. What people want to see is sweetness. They want to see that love and that meekness and all the things that Paul was talking about, those fruits of the Spirit. That's what people want to see. That's encouraging. I like to see people that are happy. That's encouraging to me. When I see people that are down and depressed and, and low, old, low, whatever me, you know, they just all just sour. I don't want to see that. That makes me sour. I want to see sweetness, not sour. That makes me happy. Now, even Jesus jumps in on board here and describes what we would call acceptable fruit. If you look at verse 3, he says it's a fruit of righteousness. I'm paraphrasing. Fruit of righteousness. That's acceptable fruit. Verse number 11, he's talking about a fruit of joy. Verse number 12 talks about a fruit of love. Verse 14 is talking about a fruit of obedience. It might not say it exactly like that, but that's what he's getting at. So Jesus is telling us there's more fruits out there than just what Paul's writing that's acceptable. Fruits that he's accepting. Fruits that we should accept. Fruits that others should accept from us. There's all kinds of fruits out there for us. Good fruits that we need to be showing others. Bearing the basic fruits might get you by, but will likely leave you uh, not very satisfied. Don't be just the basics. All right, don't be just a, a basket of apples and bananas. Be that whole big basket that you get at Christmas with the oranges and the plums and the, the fruit cake, I guess. Does that count for, does that count for a, a, a fruit, a fruit cake? Be the whole big basket, not just one or two. We've got to be producing. He tells us right here, either way, we're, we're commanded to bear fruit, but he's wanting us to bear lots of fruit, not just the basic fruits. Lots of fruits. Now, number two. He's telling us that we need to be bearing more fruit. Now, this goes beyond the average of just getting by with just a couple of little pieces of fruit. He's saying bear much fruit. Look back over at verse 3 again. It says, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now, the Holy Spirit can, be, it can help us get rid of self. Because, you know, when self gets in the way, self really makes a mess out of things. Self prevents us from showing people the good fruit. So we've got to get self out of the way. And the only way we can get self out of the way is by allowing the Holy Spirit in us to push it out of the way. And when the Holy Spirit gets in us, it cleans house. When the Holy Spirit gets in us, it not just cleans our house, it cleans our hearts and it makes room for more fruit and allows us to have an abundance of fruit built up inside of us that we can go out and be peddling off this fruit for others to see. But we've got to let the Holy Spirit in us to make room for that fruit. Not bitter fruit. Not thorns and thistles, but good fruit. Good reproducing fruit. Fruit that will get out and make more fruit. Another way that Jesus mentions uh, for helping us bear more fruit is by pruning. Pruning, what he's talking about here when he's talking about pruning is discipline. Anybody know anything about discipline? Ethan. Hey, Ethan. Do you know what discipline is? 
Not really. <laughs> discipline. We all can have at least one flashback, and y'all probably just cringed when I said discipline, didn't you? You remember that one time when you was little and you got your tail wore out? That's discipline. We need discipline. Jesus is telling us we need discipline. It happens as if you're making a list. <laughs> the word is called arrow. Arrow used here uh, in the original text here means to cut off and to take away. It can also mean to cut back or to clean out uselessness. To clean out or cut back uselessness. What's useless right now? A lot of stuff in this world is useless right now. And we are having our minds, actually we're having our hearts filled with a lot of uselessness right now. And, and he's telling us, purge it, get it out, get rid of it, prune it, cut it back, get it out of your life. You don't need that in your system now. We need pruning every now and then. If you've ever grown any type of fruit tree, you know eventually you have to prune it back. You have to. Uh, my mother-in-law, Maria's mom, has one of the best bearing cherry trees I've ever been around right there in her front yard. And we got to prune it. Well, ain't going to do it now. I guess we'll do it next year. But we got to prune it back. I don't want to prune that thing back. It just, it's just hanging full. Hopefully, we'll be hanging full here soon of cherries. But we're going to have to cut it back. Why do you prune stuff back? So that it'll bear much more fruit. You prune it back, and it allows the sun. You can take that either way you want to, S-U-N-S-O-N. It lets the sun come in. And, and give it more nutrients. It lets the sun come in and help it grow and produce more fruit. So we need to be pruned back. We've got to have some discipline in our lives. We've got to. Or we're going to become bitter and sour again. Now, there's two types of discipline. You have self-discipline, which is it's us. It's, it's to control ourselves. Sometimes we've got to do that. And we don't like to. But we have that self-discipline that we've got to do. Um, and then you've got God's discipline. Now, God's discipline, what that does is it corrects us. What's the Bible say here? In verse number one, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. He's the gardener. God's the gardener. God is taking care of what we see here. God is taking care of his crops. He sends that rain. He knows when we need that rain, and he sends it. He knows when we need that sunlight, and he sends it. He knows when we need that nutrients, and he sends it. He knows what we need to sustain ourselves, and he sends it. That's what a gardener does. They know what the crop needs. They know what that fruit needs, what that vegetable needs. They, he, they know what they need, and they provide for it. That's God. If he's our husbandman, that means that he is our gardener. He is taking care of us. He knows exactly what we need. Sometimes we need a little pruning. Sometimes we need to be cut back just a little bit. Listen to what um, uh, Paul says over here. He said, it's in uh, Hebrews 12, 5. He's talking about these unproductive branches. It says, Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son... Despise not thou that the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteth and scourgeth every son whom he receive. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteth not? Unproductive branches get taken away. Unproductive 
branches get pruned back. And then, of course, what Paul says over here, that they don't just prune them back. They get rid of them. They burn them things. They got to get rid of it. But there's three types of, of uh, discipline right here that we just read in, um, in Hebrews. He's talking about being rebuked, chasteth, and scourged. Rebuke, this is by the word. You ever, that's, that's like conviction. You ever been convicted when you've done something or said something, the Holy Spirit just hits you and just smack you upside the face and said, what were you thinking? That, that's, that's what rebuke you. That's when it, when it really hits us. The Holy Spirit's rebuking what we said or done. And the other is chastening. And this is by that conviction. Again, it's when we have that convicting spirit on us, and, and it just eats at us. You ever been to eat away? I mean, the Holy Spirit just eat on you and eat on you, and you just you don't sleep at night. You don't eat during the day. You just don't function right. That's chastening. That's when we're, we're being convicted of what's going on. And the other one, of course, was scourge. And, and this, is, this is by action. This is the, where the real consequences come in. But each one is worse than the other. And this is the, the discipline that we need. I'm not sure that any of us like to be disciplined. I couldn't stand being disciplined. I don't like it when Maria yells at me. It hurts my feelings. I don't like it. She's never yelled at me, I don't think. Until we go home after a while. It, we don't like discipline. Ethan, you don't like discipline, do you? Ethan, do you like whippings? Paisley likes whippings. She don't get out of the floor. She may get one here in a minute. <laughs> Nobody likes to be disciplined. Nobody wants to be pruned back every now and then. But we need to. It helps us become better people. Being pruned makes you a better person. You grow through that discipline. I mean, I want you to think back on a couple times when you got wore out. Did it not make you a better person, though? Because you didn't do it again, did you? Hopefully you didn't do it again. You don't do that stuff again when you've been pruned back a little bit. Are we willing to take that next step to bear much more fruit? Are we willing to take that next step, be pruned a little bit, so that we can bear much more fruit? I hope so. It's going to require a little bit of discipline. And number three, bearing much fruit. I'm talking about much, much fruit. And this is coming back out of verse uh, 4 through 8. We won't read it again. But it's where from it tells us how to bear much fruit. And the, the key word right there, if you, if you read it, is abiding. He says abiding six times in those few little verses right there. So, like I think I said last week, if it's in there more than once, it's probably pretty important. Well, six times in about four verses, that's pretty important. We've got to be abiding. We've got to be abiding in it. First of all, we have to be connected to the right vine. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say about the vine? He said, I am the true vine. So we've got to be connected to the right vine first and foremost. If we're connected to a worldly vine, if we are connected to something that is not of God, that's the wrong vine. And we've got to purge that, cut that off. We need to be connected to Jesus. That is the right vine. The best fruit can only come from the abiding branch. Y'all ever ate any fruit that's come off a, a, a poison oak vine or anything like that? No. That's not a good one. You don't do that. We eat off of the, the fruit that's coming off of the good vine. So that's what he's telling us right here, to make sure that we're eating off the fruit of the good vine, the good branch. So what does it uh, uh, abide mean? Let me give you a definition right there. It says linked to, living within, getting sourced from, and kept alive by. I like that last one, kept alive by. That's what abiding is. 
That's what he does for us. If we abide in him, then he abides in us. If we abide in him, he's keeping us alive. Physically, yes. Spiritually, absolutely. He's keeping us fed spiritually through his word, through church, through song, through prayer. If we abide in him like we're supposed to, he's keeping us fed. That's what those vines do. They're feeding the branches. They're keeping them, the nutrients going into them. It, it's, the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us to bear fruit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us right now that helps us overcome the, the, the junk in our lives right now that we're having to deal with. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us right now that keeps our testimony. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I think a lot of us might lose a part of our testimony. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, it might just slip up and say something that we regret or ruin our testimony. But it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is we're fed through. It's just like a it's just like electricity going through a wire. That's what it, that's really the way to look at it. The Holy Spirit's flowing through us just like electricity going through uh, a wire or ink through a pen or however you want to say it. Look at uh, verse number four. Uh, the last part there says, "As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me." Dead branches have no source of life, do they? We, me and James outside a while ago, I was looking, and there's some dead branches on this big old tree right here. What's on those dead branches? Nothing. Not a thing. They ain't a leaf one on it. It don't produce anything. Dead branches have nothing on it. And eventually, what does it do? It falls off. It'll break off. The wind's going to hit it, and it's going to fall down. Hopefully not the tree, but just the branch. It's going to fall. That's what, because there's no nutrients, there's no source of life, it just stops. Can't grow if there's no source of life. So those dead branches have got to be taken away. Useless branches are cut off from the source. Now, I was reading this when I studied this, this week. The uh, commentary said strong roots, strong vine, and strong branches are required to withstand the wind and weather that damage the fruit. It's got to be strong. I guarantee if I was to walk out there right now and push on that dead branch, it'd break off. But if I was to go out there and push on that green branch, it'd stay right there. You've got to have that good source of life. You've got to be being fed from the tree to stay strong. has to be. Now, the fourth one, fourth one is, and the last one is fruit that lasts. You've got to have a fruit that lasts. I want you adults to really listen to this one because this has a lot to do with us. Fruit that lasts. This is the goal of the church. Hopefully this is the goal for each one of us, to have a fruit that lasts. The fruit that lasts, there's three of them. Obedience, love, and sacrifice. Obedience was in verse 10 and 14 where he says, keep my commandments. That's obedience. He wants us to obey his commandments. He don't. If you, if, you ever, if you ever really look at it, Jesus don't ask a lot out of us, and it's a good thing. He said, love me. Worship him. That, that's all he's really asking. Love one another. Obey my commandments. Now, it's, it's, not, it's not all that hard for us. We make it harder than it really should be. But he says, obey my commandments. The other one was love. If you look at verse 12 and 13, it says, love one another. He's just saying, it's simple. We, again, have made it really hard to love one another. And the last one there was sacrifice. That come out of verse 13 and 16. He's talking about laying down our life. But not just sacrifice, but look at verse 16. 
It says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go. Go. That's, that's sacrifice. Going is sacrificing. When Jesus is speaking to you and the Holy Spirit sees you and he's telling you to go do something, I promise you, you're going to have to sacrifice something in your life so that you can go do that. You're going to have to give something up in your life so that you can go and please God. You have to. So go is a sacrifice. Now, these are the fruits that remain because these fruits can reproduce seeds. That's what I'm talking about with the adults. We've got kids here. These kids look up to the adults. What, what testimony do we have? What testimony do they see from us? What, what fruits have we produced that they're going to cling on to? What fruits have we produced that these young'uns are going to grab a hold of, and then when we're not around anymore, they're going to reflect back on that? Some of y'all that's been here uh, for a long time here at this church, and I've heard Keith talk about it, some of them before, he could tell me where each person sat in the church. And in a, in a way, and he didn't know it, but I was listening to him, he was recalling fruits from these people. That means that they left their mark. They've left their legacy. They've left something here for when Keith was younger, him to hang on to. Same thing with our kids here today. They're going to hang on to something that we've said, somewhere that we, we used to sit. <laughs> They're going to hang on to these things in the church that we don't even think about right now. But we're actually leaving a legacy, and we didn't even know it. We're leaving our testimony, and we didn't even know it. So we've got to be careful with the fruit that we are producing because these kids are hanging on to it. These kids are, are watching it because it's an everlasting fruit. That's a fruit that's going to reproduce later on. So when these kids have kids, they're going to do the same thing. Hunter could probably recall some of the things that Keith has said about some of the things that he has seen growing up. See, it's, 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 a, it's a ripple effect. What kind of fruit are we leaving behind for our kids? Better be some good fruit. Better be some really good fruit. Fruit that remains requires maturity in that branch. There's no shortcut to maturity. How many of y'all, we got a good example. We got two good examples. We got a little baby over here. She can't skip from being a little bitty baby to being a mature adult. What does she have to do? She's got to grow. She's got to grow. You mature as you grow. You learn things as you grow, and you mature, and you mature. Same with fruit. We don't just get a bloom and then a fruit, do we? No. We get a bloom. We got our blooms back in last month, back in May sometime. And then what happens? We get to sit for the spring and most of the summer, and we get to watch these fruit trees mature. And at some point, they're going to provide something good for us. See where I'm going there? You don't just mature overnight. As Christians, we don't just become a Christian and be Christ-like overnight. We mature in our faith. We mature in our belief. We mature by studying the Word of God. We mature by getting just so deep in love with God when we study and when we pray to Him, that over time people are going to see us maturing as, an, as a Christian. There's been people I have seen, and I, I know I've said it before, but you know I remember uh, Brother Toby Hicks over at Beach Valley. I've never seen a change in anybody like I've seen in Toby. 
I mean, we he got saved. He got saved. He got baptized, and then he took a turn for the good and just eat up with the Holy Spirit. But then you see others that it's a gradual effect. They mature. That's the good ones to follow. Toby's a great one. I love him to death. You like to watch those people mature in their faith. I like to watch people mature in their faith. I like it when you get that phone call or that text message and say, what do you think about this? What's your take on this? That means that they're studying. That means that they're actually they're actually wanting to learn more about God. And they're trying to develop that Christ-like character that we can't rush. Spiritual growth, growth like physical growth, it takes time. What happens when you try to ripen fruit too quickly? Loses its flavor, don't it? We have this. We had this debate the other day at the house about bananas. I'm a brown banana guy right here. I like them brown. Abby likes them green. Maria likes them yellow. Paisley could care less. We should just eat them. We call them monkey pickles, not bananas. I like mine brown because I think they have better flavor. Abby likes hers green, and they're bitter. I don't know how you do that, youngin. I don't know where you got that. But I got to have mine brown on a piece of white bread with banana and mayonnaise. That's my sandwich. That's what I like. But it's got the flavor to it. If you ripen one too quickly, you're going to lose that flavor. And we don't like that. Think about a tomato. I like a good vine-ripe tomato on a biscuit. That's the only way to eat a tomato, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it is. Abby hates tomatoes. Hey, do y'all know how they do them in grocery stores? Y'all know how they, they bring you tomatoes in the grocery stores? They're green. They pick them when they're green, which is illegal, by the way, and you don't fry them either. What do they do with them to make them red? They shoot them with CO2. Did y'all know that? They come in green, they blast them with CO2, they turn red, and you eat them. They make good maters. If they didn't come off the, ground, the vine red, they make good maters. But they do that so that when they ship them, they don't bruise. They ship them, they're not damaged. Because, you know, a good green mater, or not a good, there's no good green mater. A green mater is hard. It's like a rock. So you're not going to bruise it as much, and you're not going to damage it as much. And then when it gets to where it needs to be, then they shoot it with CO2, and it turns red, and you eat it. Ugh. Don't do that. <laughs> a vine-ripe tomato takes time to mature so that we can enjoy the, the goodness of that good red tomato. It takes time. They mature slowly. Now, there's, there's the fruit that remains. There's three of them. The fruit of the Spirit remains. The fruit of your labors remain. And the fruit of your faith remains. We've got to leave a legacy here. And, and I ain't been here that long, but I can already I can see legacies from years past that you guys have picked up on and are carrying with you. And you're handing it down, and you don't even know it. You may know it, but you just don't really talk about it. But I see it. These legacies that we leave behind us, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of labors, and the fruit of faith. You're hand, we're handing that down to these next generations. And it's a, it's a good thing. 
because it's good fruit and it's going to reproduce. And when these youngins have youngins of their own, they're going to keep handing it down. That's what good fruit does. It reproduces and makes more fruit and more fruit and more fruit. These are building blocks for strong foundations that can withstand and reproduce lots and lots and lots more fruit. So we've got to make sure that we are producing that good fruit and people can see the good fruit in us. So I'll end with this. What kind of fruit are you producing? Good or bad? Good or bad? I can't answer it. But we're all fruit inspectors. So we can probably see it. We're not judging people. <laughs> we're being fruit inspectors. Don't judge people. All right, everybody stand with me. We're going to close out. The reason I brought this apple, because it looks real, don't it? I think everybody thought it was a real apple. And it, <clears throat> it looked pretty real to my sister-in-law, because her teeth marks are right here. Don't be fake. Don't be fake fruit. Be the real deal. Be the real deal when you go out. Be that good stuff. That's bad fruit. That's, that's plastic. That's like a green mater. Ain't no good. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning as we close out? Appreciate y'all coming out and being with us, and I'm enjoying it. I like the windows open. I'm ringing wet, but I like the windows open. Uh, it's been a long time since I got to be in a church. My grandma's church, Aunt Bailey's camp, open the windows. I think they just put air in, but I always like the windows open. All right, all hearts and minds clear. Keith, will you dismiss us, please? We'll see y'all sometime this week.